Texas, but it's nice and warm here in the wonderful youth room. We're really happy that you've joined with us whenever it is that you're able to hear this, whether it's live or uh, on archive. I want to begin by apologizing to all of our Saints Network family for the fact that um, Saints Radio was not able to be broadcast on Tuesday, and it wasn't our fault. It was that Spectrum with their business fiber in this part of the city was down on Tuesday. We don't know why. I really don't know how that can happen. I mean, that's the big, big company, and it was their business fiber. So every business that contracted with them, and I don't know what the radius was here in Dallas, they were all shut down. And with some businesses, that means money. So um, it was just really frustrating. But we apologize for that. It's not because we didn't pay our bill. And Lord knows we pay a mighty sum for that just so that we can know that we're going to be able to fulfill our our commitments to reach out. But, uh, again, we apologize. There uh, wasn't really anything we could do about that. Ruby tried. She ran down and rebooted stuff and put more gas in the machine and, you know, and then uh, found out that Spectrum was down. So <clears throat> I want to begin tonight by having just a bit of an addendum from last week's uh, kind of rambling rhema. And um, last week we talked about several several types of opposition that existed in the darkness. And um, we, we did it from a, from a framework of saying, don't fear it, but don't be ignorant of it. Because these things in the scripture have characteristics that many of you are are experiencing so don't be caught off guard and here's what you do in regard to it and um, as I was uh, preparing for tonight I I just was strongly reminded of the Lord of something that he's been having me declare over myself and over our network for a number of weeks and that is uh, the passage from Psalm 23 where it talks about God anointing our head with oil and our cup running over and then surely goodness and mercy, Tob and, and uh, Chesed is going to be uh, in the wake of wherever we go all the days of our life and because that's what we're discipling people to do and uh, we'll dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. But I've been declaring that twofold thing about the oil of the Lord upon our head. He anoints my head with oil and that our cup would be so full that it would run over. And as I was, I was um, integrating some of the things that God's been saying into this, this point by point book that I'm writing. Uh, and uh, I looked at this passage in Isaiah 61 3 that talks about the spirit of heaviness um, but right before it it says that we should have the oil of joy for mourning and that's uh, you know in that book about the joy of the Lord you've got a number of the Old Testament words translated as joy and the main one meos but the others simha saison this one speaks about <clears throat> you've got to have a <clears throat> an assessment joy can come through you having a proper assessment of what God has said and that you're in his timing not losing track of or focus of of that and that really is a, a bastion a strength for you to know <clears throat> that you're in God's plan and that you are you're not out there alone and he's not forgotten you but this says that there is an oil an anointing of that and I think that <clears throat> when you particularly are participating in a a an apostolic calling that God has given and you have that responsibility you're not 
there's nothing wrong with this, but you're not just one of many. You've been pointed at the tip of the spear of the Lord to break through and to develop a thing and to impart it. Um, that involves patience, and that involves you being willing to recognize the signs that are around you and those that are inhabiting those signs that create the wonders of miracles. But, but you have to have that perspective if you're going to function apostolically. And so there seems to be uh, a, an anointing from the Lord for that. Um, not, not only that you know, you're mourning for the dry and twisted place, you uh, you have allowed yourself to be an offering to where you become as uh, as ashes, and God is bringing beauty for that. And you you've got to have the perspective of um, you know this is God's timing, this is His progression, this is His work. It's not mine, and so therefore uh, I'm I'm going to I'm not going to enter into ungodly mourning or ungodly sorrow or to some despair I'm going to look at the perspective that this is the season of the Lord and that's going to be a source of joy for me and um, I know that um, the then you come into what we talked about last week that you have the garment of praise which is declaring forward into that that spirit of of heaviness which is darkness and despair and so every one of these things in Jesus first sermon has to do with some dark thing some mourning thing some ashes thing some uh, challenge that would present itself in the asthenia that God's placed you in and it also gives you the uh, the solution for it or the thing that you must meet those uh, obstacles with so that you can overcome and and so one of them is this is this oil and I I really felt that even though this is not the message for tonight I really felt that the Lord would have us to welcome that oil from him to keep a perspective um, to keep that measure of patience in the timing of the Lord um, that we would not that we would not fail and you know the beauty the beauty of the oil again this is an old message it's an old theme is that it's not just some magical elixir but the oil itself is gained because of the pressing and the bruising and the, the, the letting uh, the essence of the olive or whatever it is be squeezed and and yielded and that's that's what really the the main function of the anointing with oil is you know when when James talks about if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, the prayer of faith, the anointing of oil. You know that passage. It was all about the the people that that are. I'm not going to reteach that tonight, but the, the the words themselves have more to do with those ones that have maybe drifted away, and their 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 essence is not what it should be. And the anointing of oil is for the Lord to remind them that they need to be submitted and they need to allow him to take charge of that process. And so oil in itself always indicates that. And so we have to we have to we have to know that, of course, there's the issue of obedience and then you rely on what God is doing. But. It's not, it's not about, okay, uh, we've got this bag of gizmos here, so we're going to pull this out, and we're going to use it. And it's got, it's got like holy water or something like that. I, a number of years ago when <clears throat> essential oils started coming into the, into the 
into the into the move and um, there was some who were teaching that there was some kind of a of a chemical thing with that that really welcomed a miracle and I thought no you know it you don't want to go there you don't want to start saying that if you use this stuff you're guaranteed a miracle the best thing would be to say it's holistic and it has an effect for whatever whatever it is you're wanting to use but if you cross that line and say there's something magical about this then you've gone over into some measure innocent or not of something that I don't believe the Lord would be pleased with so I do believe that God you know there's a lot of instances of oil you know there's the oil that flows down through the chain of of God's authority you know flows down through the beard and then it goes all through the rest of the body um, and brethren dwelling together in unity you know but but the oil of the saison when you may want to give place to uh, abandoning the mission as if God somehow has lost you uh, we need to not only keep that as our perspective but we need to welcome this anointing reminding us in this in this context that when we committed to partner with God we committed for the the long haul whatever it takes how long it takes and so there's an anointing that comes from the Lord for that the oil of recognizing the timing recognizing the season and and I I think that there's a reason that that um, that's then connected with the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness because that garment of praise is you saying we're we're to take the light into this darkness it's death it's despair and it's it's yucky and it produces this this eminence that that really makes you feel awful when you're when you're moving in and so um, we you you need to be launching the praise to God of what he said he's going to do and whether that comes from prosuke or whether that comes through tapila or, or whatever frame of that grace partnership is whatever God reveals or, or even if you just recall what he said at the beginning you maybe don't have any fresh revelation about it but you're launching that forward into that dark place that the light has targeted to come where the lightning has been targeted to go um, that combination is pretty powerful that you you don't lose track of the timing of the Lord and the mission itself there's an anointing of oil for that and that you specifically come against a spirit of heaviness with this mantle of praise those two things are supernatural now how you lay claim to beauty for ashes it's more of a mindset but you don't really want to dwell on it or you may you may re remove the efficacy of the ashes you know it's kind of like when you give you know so many sermons were taught over the years by you know if you give this you're gonna get a hundredfold back or you know the the law of sowing and reaping and you know those things are true but they should not be the motive for people to give so if your motive is kind of like playing the divine numbers if I give this I'm gonna get this much I don't think it works that way I think you give to the Lord and he's promised all these things but you never really can tell how he's gonna give back and um, if you make it a mercantile principle you're kind of losing you well, not kind of you're losing the whole the whole exchange of giving cheerfully it doesn't say God love us a shrewd giver it says he loves a cheerful giver and so you know beauty for ashes you just have to know that whatever you're giving you're giving it is unto the Lord and you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be rewarded as Job did and we're going there next isn't that great you came out on a cold and dark and wet night you're gonna hear about Job but I just simply release to all of you these supernatural uh, capacities in Jesus first sermon and um, I I pray that that oil 
that, that, that oil upon our head and that this oil of the season of the Lord, that would be a source of joy. And, um, you know, we understand this in real life. We really do. You know, you, you see athletes and they're, they're training in, uh, in the summer for the NFL season and they've got the goal of either winning the Super Bowl or getting a bigger contract. So they're, they're dieting, they're working out, they're, they're, really, they're really pressing. And, and um, you know, I remember when Jimmy Johnson first became coach of the Cowboys and they were still doing their training camp in, in West Texas and it was hot and I just can't believe they did that but they did and uh, the tales of those guys about how terrible it was to work out but they they kept in mind I want to make this team they kept in mind we want to win this year and probably some of them kept in mind I gotta have a good year because this is a contract year I'm gonna cash in but they they looked forward to what they were doing and you, you see that in all courses of life. I'm sure that when doctors come out of medical school and they have to do their, uh, their residencies in, in emergency wards and they get all the kind of cruddy assignments, they're not doing that because they, they, they went to school just so they could do that. They're doing it because they think, I've got to do this and I'm going to get a better position. I'm going to, and so they keep out in front the perspective of what they're doing. If you can keep your head in your perspective, you know, you can, you can, the joy set before the Lord is how he endured the cross. Of course, that's a New Testament word, but a lot of it has to do with our, um, our own dedication and devotion. Uh, and, and I believe that when you're in that position, that then you qualify from the Lord's perspective for him to release this kind of anointing. I, I'm not God, obviously, and I know you're grateful for that, but I don't think he just comes right out with, with okay, I'm going to give you the oil of joy so that you can endure patiently. No, God, you know, God doesn't do that in anything. You, you, have, to, you have to commit yourself to the Lord. You have to say, I'm willing and, you know, he's not going to do your homework for you. And this is such a prolific passage, which is why the Lord chose it to or open the scroll and read um, that these are supernatural partnership capacities given upon somebody who's doing an exemplary work for God. And God helps you. So you've got a garment of praise. You've got oil of joy. You've got um, this wonderful promise of uh, the appointment, the appoint unto them morn in Zion. Remember when we did the study about Kami in the New Testament, and we said that sum, which is what a point is there, is the, is the Old Testament equivalent of that. And it's kind of like, uh, just to stir your memory, it's, it's not just that you're standing in the gap. It's not just that you uh, are... Uh, faithful in your esteme or your terio, it is that you have been faithful and you've been commissioned there and you have gained influence there. And so that's what Kami is in the New Testament. I am set for the defense of the gospel, Paul said. And this is the, the Old Testament equivalent. So this isn't somebody who just fell off the, the shofar cart. I mean, this is somebody who has committed themselves and they've shown themselves to be uh, in a position where God could entrust to them a mighty assignment. And so they're appointed to, to go to, to develop that dry and twisted place into something mighty. And so you have that promise that God's going to reward you for the ashes that you've offered, that the meal offerings and the burnt offerings that you've offered in your life, the oil of joy to help you in the midst of the assignment of the enemy to try to cause you to lose perspective, God comes and gives to you as you've been faithful. He, he gives what you need. Um, and then this garment of praise um, to combat this spirit of heaviness. And 
those are things that we we need to lay claim to so particularly tonight you know i just ask you to to declare these things over yourselves and particularly this oil uh that you've been faithful you've kept your perspective you you've been patient and we need to continue to be but the but the prospect of what this year holds that not just this year but the timing of the lord holds and the the various camps that we're going to be presented in we we desperately need built upon the foundation of what we've learned and the commitment we've made and the exchanges we've in, it, it, it prayed about and how we've said we'll do it we need these supernatural capacities to come and to embellish what is already there so we need to be declaring these these aren't just poetic expressions these are things that god they're very real and you know even you think about when jesus said this You know, he, he was born miraculously. He grew in wisdom and grace. He, he went through those 30 years of life, and so much of them, we don't really know what happened. We can conjecture. But the point is, he was sinless. And up through that time, all the things that he had done had shown an amazing commitment that he was there to do what God said. And at the perfect perfect time, he pulls this scroll out and he reads, Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me. And this, I'm, I'm appointed here. I, I've established this soon here. And, and he goes through this. So that was a transitional moment. Of course, we know that. It was a transitional moment for the Lord. And it wasn't, you know, this wasn't at the manger. This was after he had really committed himself and he had suffered things uh, as in all points such as we faced up to that point as, as humans. And um, you say, well, what was that? You know, was Jesus married? No, he wasn't. But it's obvious that he had responsibility for the household him and as the oldest son joseph was gone we don't know what happened to him probably dead um jesus had to take care of things and which is why mary said to him as the head of the house hey they're out of wine you know uh and um uh, so he had to he had to deal with providing for a household he had to deal for deal with younger children he had to deal with his the care of his mother he had to deal with the business he had to deal with all kinds of things and we don't think of that but he did that in a sinless way all points and so um and there are many others i could mention but he dealt with them too and so when he pulled this out it was he wasn't a novice he wasn't just fresh from heaven uh, he was appointed. He had shown himself faithful, and then these things were accessed by him. And so we're grateful for that. So make sure you apply them and know that they're very real things, and don't don't shortchange them in your life. Now, let's go into this kind of an odd message. And since we're such odd people, I know that this will well and I have no idea why God wants me to talk about these two things tonight but I do believe that it's something that we're supposed to declare so let's read Job 12 verses 12 through 22 and as we read this remember on Sunday when we talked about Isaiah 11 and we talked about the spirit of wisdom in Jesus life Every one of those points that the Bible speaks of about Jesus are mentioned right here by Job. So Job, the, the oldest book in the Bible, Job uses the very same words to speak about wisdom. And he lays it out there. 
And I think that's, I think that's amazing. And that's really what drew me to this passage because I was doing cross-references for that chapter about the wisdom of Jesus. But when I kept reading, I thought, wow, this is really where we are. And so let's talk about it. Job 12, 12. With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of days, understanding. With him is wisdom and strength. He has counsel and understanding. There they are, right there. Behold, he breaks down, and it cannot be built again. He shut up a man, and there can be no opening. Behold, he withholdeth the waters, and they dry up. Also, he sends them out, and they overturn the earth. With him is strength and wisdom. The, the deceived and the deceiver are his. He leads counselors away spoiled and makes the judges fools. He loosed the bond of kings and gird their loins with a girdle. He leads princes away spoiled and overthrows the mighty. He removes away the speech of the trusty, the trusty, and taketh away the understanding of the aged. He pours contempt upon princes and weakens the strength of the mighty. He discovers deep things out of darkness and brings out to light the shadow of death. So the two things we're going to talk about tonight are the shadow of death and then we're going to talk about the deep things of darkness. And the reason we're talking about these is not from an intellectual pursuit. I think these are very real things that we need to be uh, prayerfully mindful of as we intercede. Because as we go through this spirit of this year of wisdom and we're touching on so many key places in our nation and the world where strongholds and estemis are at stake, where there are there are amazing uh, uh, opposition structures that have been for generations, dare I say millennia, they've been in place. And we're we're going forth to to shake the earth with the with the word of our mouth um, and then to drive out the wicked with the breath of the lips uh, inspiring intercession we need to recognize that these two things are there and we don't we don't need to be novices or ignorant so let's talk about the shadow of death and uh, there's a reason we're talking about this uh, and let's look at another passage in Job where he really declares what it is Job 38:17 Have the gates of death been opened unto thee or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death Now the shadow of death is mentioned also in Psalm 23 There it is um, though I yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me your rod and thy staff they comfort me, and there's a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Isaiah 9.2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. Now here's the concept of the shadow of death. Um, when David said that, he wasn't just speaking spooky stuff. You know, when I go down in that valley, those shadows are there. I don't know whether somebody's lurking around the corner. That's the way it's normally expressed. And we're kind of afraid to go down there. You know, those shadows, are they boogeymen or are they, are they assassins? Or is it an army troop that's hidden there? I, I, if I go down through there, I'm not going to be afraid because I know you're with me. Of course, that's true. But he was speaking about something else. And this is, this, Job explains it here. Um, the gates of death open unto you or the, the doors of the shadow of death. David talks about the valley of the shadow of death and Isaiah talks about the land of the shadow of death. So you connect all of this and here's the way it is. When, when we pray and the gates of Hades do not prevail over us, and that's how Jesus builds his church, the hidden place where the ancients thought, you know, um, there's something 
in the earth and below the earth that's hidden there are a lot of superstitions there are a lot of demons that come and ride upon those superstitions but there's something there and um, Jesus referred in the building of the church the building of the ecclesia that those gates of the hidden places Hades would not prevail and you know you even throw the cross reference about one of the roots of Rophe for healing it meant the crossover point between life and death and a place where miraculous things happen and even giants are found we studied about that there are some obscure verses that use that root and speak about that the point for us is that we are dealing with histemes we're dealing with you know the power of the cross deals with histemes that's what the cross one of the words in the cross is um, we are as the ecclesia we are defeating the hidden gates and we're turning them toward points of victory where the glory of the Lord can be released and when you when you extend from that that gateway from the earth to either heaven or to hell used to be to paradise in David's days or hell but now it's just hell these are very real places and most um, well not most most commentators just kind of explain this away as a not being afraid in battle but there are several commentators who who really go into the depth of what these words mean and look at these verses and they say and I know this is true that you know when when a Christian dies when you're born again you go up into this place and you enter in through a, a, a gateway that is in the sides of the north it's between the sides of the north or, and, and paradise and the, the area of the right hand of the throne and the throne and you go there and that's the entry point the other side is for intercession the other side is what we've been doing activations in the other side is where the temple is it's where the profane place is it's where you know the crossway into the nations is but the side on the other way where paradise is the tree of life the river you know the 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 ways off into the morning star areas and you know the the, the various it's just all kinds of things but that's where you enter and it's a very it's a very pronounced place it's a wonderful place um, and I've told this testimony before but it really bears repeating that when you when you see that you see people transition you I've, I've twice I was privileged to see people that I know who died who went into that place and on this end you could recognize them uh, from what you know them to be in earth but when they cross over into that place immediately they become a rejuvenated restored picture of health and vitality you know I I remember the two people that I saw had pronounced limps because of knee problems and you could see them they were walking up to this place and when they when they came through it suddenly they were they were walking they were strong they were well you could see the shine of the Lord upon them they they that you could still recognize who they were you knew them but they were the picture of youthfulness and vitality and it was really it's kind of you, you know you know as you're known the scripture says in heaven but that's the cross point through Jesus entering into that place and I suspect that when he led captivity captive and took paradise up there that's the same gate area that the, the people that entered into Abram's bosom entered into I suspect that now it, it's it's heavenly now so it's it's perfect but on the other end where you those who die and they're not right with God and they their eternity is is dismal uh, this valley 
of the shadow of death. You know, there's, there's the gate of death and there's the valley of the shadow of it that leads to it. And somehow, when you, when you begin to deal with the darkness, I told you we're going way out on a limb tonight, but this kind of helps when you're interceding. Um, if, you, if the church is really to take dominion in those hidden gates and to tap into the stemmies and, and to find the secret things that are hidden there, um, some of them are just in, in hidden gateways, but some of them are, are tap points for the miraculous. Um, I can't explain this, but this is a very real thing. So the, the valley of the shadow of death leads to the, the gates of death. And it's spelled out very clearly there in Job 38. And so when David was saying, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what he was talking about is, you know, I'm a warrior. I'm a lover, but I'm a warrior. And there are times where I see men dying I see David has slayed his tens of thousands, so he's seen a lot of people die. And, you know, if you read anything about military history and you, you hear people that are not just dolts who are leathernecks that just kill, um, and there are people like that in every way, but there are some who, who will write about what it felt like on that battlefield with so much death and so much blood. And you could, they, you know, I remember reading some diaries in a book, I didn't have the diaries, of men who fought at Gettysburg. And they were talking about the, the great anguish that they could feel spiritually with all of that death there, with all the access point of, of crossing over with people, a, lot, a large portion of those folks going to hell. And you, you, you feel that. You feel that, that, that shadow, that, that valley. And, you know, even, you know, we know uh, every now and then you're, you're confronted with haunted places, quote, unquote. Um, I know in West Virginia this is really a big thing. I remember when we'd go to visit down home and I'd be up in the back window of our car and my dad would be driving his mother or his usually his mother or his sister and all of us in the car and we'd be driving around just like if you saw you know Andy Griffith's show remember the, the episode when Barney bought that car from that old lady from Mount Pilot and she was she was deceiving him and the car was just awful and they're out for a drive they're just driving and pointing at the houses oh there's this people that's what we did that really happened and all the time we'd drive around, they'd always know that place is haunted. That place has this. That, and they'd talk about it. And everybody in the region knew it. How is that? Well, the, the devil plays with that, first of all. But usually there was some kind of, a, of a, a horrible thing that happened, whether it was an Indian massacre or settlers that were killed or murders or whatever. And somehow that enemy got advantage of that place and it could might not even be that it may be that some people found a an histemi opening and they they opened that with some kind of blood sacrifice or something and that was open these are very real things in the spirit realm but particularly tragedies and haunted quote unquote haunted places it's not the ghosts of people they're not lingering around like in that movie ghosts with patrick swayze and what was the name of the woman um, Demi Moore, thank you, Trish. Um, it, it, pe people aren't just hanging around till Whoopi Goldberg goes and sets them free. I mean, that's that's crazy. These are demons with familiar spirits, and many of them are accessing very real causeways in the spirit realm. And so, you when you're praying and interceding, and you are the church, the ecclesia that's overcoming those hidden places whatever they may be whether they're just strongholds or whether they're something that was a high place that that demons were worshipped and and there were certain uh spiritual um, activations that happened there or whether it was a very real causeway down into the earth 
I, I remember one of the first activations we did before we went into Africa for the first time. We went to Greece, as God said to go, and one of the places we went to was in Delphi, where the famous oracle was, and these people believed that the navel of the earth was there, and you know, and I know there were some volcanic uh, gaseous exchanges that were, uh, and there were some drugs that people, the, those oracle women, those virgins, they had, but there were some very real spiritual gateways there. It, you deal with those kinds of things. And that was for Europe and it was for Africa, and I think God has shown what the result of that has been in the past 20 years, and there's more results coming. But this, where David talks about the shadow of death, he knew this causeway. Job had talked about it. Isaiah would talk about it. But um, this causeway led down to the real place of death. And there is a spiritual ramification of it. So David was saying, hey, when, when I'm there and I'm trusting you to deliver me and the battle is not mine, it's yours, I'm running through a troop, but I see hundreds of people dying around me, and I feel that opening. Though I'm there, I'm not going to be afraid because you are with me. I don't envision David being somebody that would have been too spooked by walking down through uh, brick walls on one side, afraid of shadows. I really don't think David was that way. <laughs> You see him running into the valley with a slingshot and five smooth stones to face off with a giant that was outfitted with top-of-the-line armor. I don't think he was going to be afraid of a shadow. Do you? I don't. So I know he was talking about this. And so um, God says in Job 12, he discovers deep things out of darkness deep there is where we get our word a muck that means that there are such far-ranging things that seem so different from what we know in our life um, uh, and uh, those deep things of darkness are being discovered or, or brought about with light and he brings to light the shadow of death that's a weird thing isn't it that's a weird thing and I believe it has ramifications in the spirit realm in a lot of ways. You see, because when we go forth as, again, I'm repeating this, just so maybe this is the third time. I guess teachers say sometimes you have to repeat things three times. I think with mnemonicos things, you've got to do 70 times 7. But, you know, you're, you're dealing with a stemes that the cross has purchased. You're dealing with the, the hidden places the Hades places that the church is going to be built, the ecclesia is to be built by. You're dealing with strongholds. You're dealing with some other things we're going to talk about here in, in a moment. But you're also dealing with this, the power of, of this causeway that leads into the heavens. There's power when we go up into the temple of the testimony. Well, there's power when we're caught up into portals into the into the throne room. There's power when we're we're caught into places in that in that that bridge place into the nations. I'm telling you, that's one of the weirdest places that I can ever just try to describe. I can't describe it. That place where you've got the temple of the tabernacle, you've got the profane place, and then you've got that opening into the nations. And there are residue of warfare. It's black and white. And that doesn't just mean it's a second heaven. That, that it's, it's, it's a lot of it is frozen in, in time. And it is a weird feeling. I don't know whether that's a shadow of death or not. But we are breaking through with the light. Something about that is going to release God's power into the nations. And we're, we're warring there. We're declaring there. We're partnering with the angels there. And that's reserved for the Gentiles. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. But see, all these things, and even in greater detail, a few others, are very real um, components of what we're supposed to be doing. The Bible talks about this. And so when God says... He discovers the deep things out of darkness through his wisdom. 
and he brings to light the shadow of death, I think part of that means that we're going to be able to to shine the light of the Lord on that pathway and people, one of the things, people who are um, going to hell in a handbasket, um, God's going to be able to shine the light on them and, and bring them to freedom. And I think that there's power there. One of the hidden places of the rofe of the Lord are these these causeway junctures between earth and the spirit realm and that that maybe maybe this is a miraculous thing where people who are are dying of some illness and it's terminal and i know there's a lot of ways that god heals but to really upset the apple cart to be able to shine the light into the shadow of death that leads to the gates of death and to be able to redeem someone out of that through the light, that's a pretty big thing, wouldn't you say? So I know that these are things that we need to declare because it's the Word. And I know that these are things that we need to recognize that God is empowering us in His wisdom. If He shines the light, and wisdom is the discussion here, Job talks about the ancient is wisdom and uses all of the words concerning the spirit of wisdom that we see Jesus is embracing in, in, in Isaiah 11 and that we also are, are welcoming. If, if that's the context, then this light comes through that. And I believe that there's a PowerPoint to be found in that shadow of death. And we fear, we don't fear it because you are with me, Lord. And uh, the, the gates are not going to prevail. And the people that walked in darkness, they walk in darkness, that's all they know, uh, will see a great light. And they that are dwelling in that shadow of death, upon them the light will shine. Do you see that? So I believe it's, it's a lot of things. I believe it's accessing things that God you know, God didn't create this earth with hell in it originally. He didn't create these things for devils to rule and for people to be thrown into eternal damnation for. He knew it would happen because he knows the end from the beginning. But these places were not created as the sewage system of the earth. These places were created for the glory of the Lord. And so um, I think that we're going to see a lot of, in this year of wisdom, strongholds, histemi deposits, deposits of the glory, places where the, the, the hidden Hades, uh, hidden places, the, the ecclesia, the governmental body of God, of the, the the church on earth we're going to take control of those and and to use them it's going to spark tremendous things uh that, that that the world has not seen but this those people that are there in that valley of the shadow of death and their next step is the gates of death god's going to shine a great light there and we're going to see miracles that are going to be unparalleled because of that. Because of that. And sometimes you think about how did, how did Jesus, and this is really a hypothetical discussion, how did Jesus bring Lazarus back? How did Jesus bring Talitha Kumai, that little girl, back? You know, how did he have that power because he wasn't you know he wasn't taking any sh divine shortcuts you know it wasn't just because the son of God is here none of the rest of you can do this how did he do that you know uh, even you you go back into that weird story in the Old Testament where um, <laughs> Elisha's bones were in the in the tomb and those guys were carrying that that uh, old testament casket and the midianites are coming and they say oh they move faster than guys with fake louis vuitton bags i mean they toss this guy into elijah's 
tomb and they skedaddle. And that guy touches Elijah's bones and he, I'm not dead yet. He comes back to life. You know, how did that happen? I mean, I, this, is, this is raising of the dead kind of stuff. It's terminally ill being redeemed from that shadow of death, that valley. Um, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, and, um, you know, I, 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 I pray before I do this. I, I do. I'm not just scanning this. I don't just scan the Internet and look for goofy stories. But I, as I said, I was studying about this. And I was looking at nuances in some of these words just to make sure I wasn't twisting them. Um, I don't care what Strong says. You know, I wasn't twisting them. And there, there are a lot of people that do these researches now, especially in the New Age movement, but there are some Christian groups that try to figure these things out. Near-death experience, NDMs, and, uh, or NDEs. And then there's, uh, they, they interview these people that, that have these death experiences. And so many of them, so many of them talk about the, you know, the, the, the Christians had seen a great light or whatever. I'm not going to go into all the details. I don't really want to talk about it. But a lot of the people were talking about when they were dying that they were going down this darkened valley. And there were things on either side. But they were going down and they, they knew that there was something at the end of this. And then they were jerked back. And um, in fact, it was this don't ask me for it because I don't remember what the, I'm not footnoting this. I'm not even going to write about it because somebody will see it and then they'll just mock it and rip it apart. I'm just telling you this. But this, it was, this was a, a guy that was in one of the universities in Jerusalem and he was looking at some of these things. He's a Jewish scholar and he was saying it's, it's in, this is really does indicate that there is there is a passageway that leads down to the final gate of death. And that's what this shadow represents. And he was looking at some of these things. And so I, I know that that's true. So in this year of wisdom, where we're taking the light, one of the things, you know, we're already talking about praising into the darkness and being careful. What did we say? The description of some of those uh, skotos or some of the other words it's it's um, um, it's death. It's despair. It's it's horror, and we're praising into them for the light to come. But I believe that there's also this access point and that bridge between this life and the miraculous taking those things. Those that live in that shadow, a great light will come, and. I don't know how this is going to happen, but it's just one of those things that the Spirit of Truth has us study, and it's tucked away in here, and, it, and the, the word have we hit in our heart that we don't miss God, and at some point we're going to know it, and we're going to refer to it, and the entrance of the word is going to what, bring light. So I'm grateful for that. But the other thing, he discovers... Uh, Job 12:22. he discovers deep things out of darkness and brings out to light the shadow of death. The deep things out of darkness. Mark talked about a little of this on Sunday morning. <clears throat> but this is, um, this is Isaiah 45. So let's read uh, Wisdom in the Treasures of Darkness. We're almost out of time. I stayed too long in that valley. Um, glad I'm out, though. Verse 1. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaf gates, Ken's favorite verse, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, Yahweh, which call you by your name and the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, there is none, us, none else, there is no God beside me. 
I girded thee that thou but though thou hast not known me that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me I am Yahweh there is none else I form that's to shape the light and I create darkness this is a new thing a start I make peace and I create evil we're going to talk about that obviously I parenthesized uh, some definitions I the Lord do all these things drop drop down ye heavens from above let the skies pour down righteousness let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together I the Lord have created it now why how why does it say that God created the darkness and he created evil well it just means this create there uh, I shape the light which means that as God's light is coming God as an artisan makes it to what it should be to do the job and that's the fullness of his ways remember the white light is is the is the fullness of the spectrum of the rainbow that's what God does so when we deal with light it's not just flicking a switch it's formed by God it's shaped as an artisan would to specifically fit wherever we're called to go but evil um, and darkness God creates them it, it and and that means that creating it, it means if you if you looked at different definitions you find it's to start a new thing it's to um, to cut something down so that there's a passageway and really what it's saying there is that the darkness where God hides himself God made as as, a, as something that needs to be discovered so a new thing can begin and an evil where something is twisted where something is is not really what Tobe should be God also makes that but he doesn't make somebody to be evil he doesn't he doesn't create houses for devils um, it, it, the darkness I guess what I'm saying is the darkness and those things that are not necessarily demonstrating the toad purpose of God God creates so that a new thing can begin so that something new can be found and um, this is kind of like the principle of the uh, uh, asthenia infirmity where something is is blocked and it needs to be rejuvenated where something is unclean and it needs to be opened you know everything that God has uh, originally darkness is just something that God says hey come to me I'm dwelling in darkness and we're going to talk about the places that I'm going to do a new thing where I'm going to shine light and you're going to partner with God through that throughout eternity but now we're doing it here so but let's talk about what it says about this treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places and again this was discussed you can listen to it from Sunday school this past week the treasures there is the word for an armory and in darkness God has put a lot of different things it, he's put weapons or really probably tools of of uh, of divine intent that we can use to glorify God and to and to utilize the deposits of the glory that are there darkness is waiting for light and um, you know so there there's an armory there now the enemy comes in there remember in Luke 11 when Jesus talked about the taking of the stronghold it says you bind the strong man you take the armor wherein he had been trusting and then you eventually distribute the goods to those that, that are in the surrounding area and blessing comes so this darkness in darkness we need to expect that there are hidden riches there are there there is a a, a storehouse of things now whether the enemy's been using it or trying to use it or trying to hide it is inconsequential those secret things have been put there and they're ours 
they are the treasures of darkness they've been laid up for the righteous and so we need to we need to know <coughs> that through the power of the cross and by our commissioning as the ecclesia that's ours but then it says the hidden riches of secret places and this is a different word it's not an armory it's something hidden by a person who's been trying to hide something now this has to be describing what the enemy does this word was used like remember when jacob was running away from laban and his goofy wife took some idols and she hid them and she said oh dad i can't get up because it's uh it's a time of the month that it's inconvenient but she hid those idols behind her that's the word that's used and so i think that we're going to encounter probably some strong men who have done some i don't really know how this is going to work but this word you've got the armory that's darkness but you've also got things that have purposely been hidden now maybe god's hidden them but i i i know he does that maybe this is the gates of hades or maybe it's something that the enemy who has corrupted that place tried through iniquity and through deception to hide something god's promised both of those to us so this is a weird night we're past time to quit i apologize to you for going down this wacky road but i do believe that this is this is kind of what's going to be happening through this year there are things that god wants us to declare from this communication center into the theatron of the spirit realm to empower what we're supposed to be doing just like sunday when um, i knew that there was contesting i knew this very clearly of what god was leading us through in wisdom and the spirit said you need to declare that jesus in isaiah 11 went perfectly through the spirit of wisdom and because he did that all of these things that you've been talking about the three impartations of the spirit of wisdom it's not just that god is doing this for you because he loves you jesus has won the victory and because he did you have the right to do this and that's why that message came on sunday it was a it was a legal proclamation and i think that that's a lot of not always but that's a lot of reason that god's god's going to have us declare things in this pneumatikos setting because it is establishing through the word what we're interceding about so i i know that just in the past couple of hours you know one of the things that we're going to have to put together uh, for our network in the coming seminar is is all the things that we know from the word that god has said are hidden and what our right to discover them and to what we know how we discover them so it's all listed there so that people will have that as a framework as a footing just kind of like what we used to do with those bookmarks i don't know that we could say all this in a bookmark but we need to have some of those primers for people so that we can have ready access to say hey yeah the secret places the cross the hestemi the uh, the the hades places these secret places of darkness the treasures of darkness boom 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 all these things that are there and they all fit in the same commonality of understanding they may have different applications they may have different settings and it's important as much as we can to understand the differences between them you don't just put them in a bag and shake them up and say oh look here's all the hidden stuff so it's important as intercessors when you're praying about this and when you're declaring into this darkness as children of light how many times did jesus say you know that you know there's a lighthouse here there's a lampstand here we're a city sit on a hill whose light cannot be hidden my light arise shine your light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you the the gentiles will come to the brightness of the light shining through you and nations will come you are the light of the world let your light so shine before men how many of those verses talk about us being light 
and light comes through wisdom and what does it do it targets these places it's not just so that we're walking around with an oil of Olay glow on our face it's light and that's why Moses face shone because he was coming down with the crucial light of God into darkness those people that had been in Egyptian darkness for over 400 years and were still, there was, there was a lot more than leeks and garlic in them from, from Egypt. That's all they knew for generations. And Moses is receiving this light and he comes down and the light is shining. Jesus, the same way. Jesus, the, sh- the same way. And there may also be, and I end with this, You know, we talk about everywhere that Peter's shadow went, people were healed if they were in his shadow. What does that mean? Could it be that you could extrapolate out of what we've just studied about regarding the shadow of death? Could it be that the light of the Lord upon Peter was shining and that shadow represented the shadow where they were dwelling in and they weren't long for this world? I think it's more of that than anything else. And the shadow of his wings, the shadow of God's wings. How wonderful is that? All these things make sense. They're not just things you read and say, oh, wow, you know, I read through the Bible this year. Isn't that great? These are God's promises. They all knit together. And you as pneumaticos individuals, as saints, as intercessors, you're probing these areas. God is shining his light. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So, all right, we are way past time. So, Lord, seal these words. Cover them. Don't let anybody be confused. And we, I proclaim over all of, all of these saints the oil of joy. And I proclaim the light of the Lord to shine. And may darkness not prevail in any way. May triumph and victory and liberty be our portion. We thank you for it, Father, and we declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good night. Guten Tag. Good night.